Hey. Welcome back to Almost Good. So it's a super busy time of year with the holidays coming up and also for me with the end of the semester and finals. In addition to being a weird fen creature, I'm also a PhD student, although I'm increasingly unsure why. Uh, and so I've been super busy, um, but I do have a little bit of time to talk about a recent release that I think is still in theaters and that is definitely not worth your time or money, but it could have been. So we definitely didn't need a movie based on Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. It's just an in-universe academic text. They didn't even actually put any effort into the actual book. I mean, you can barely even call it that. I remember when it came out, and even then I thought it was just the most embarrassing and lazy cash grab. In hindsight, I wish the publisher had actually paid someone to write like a real facsimile of that sort of text, like a combination travel memoir and field notes. Instead, it was nothing. And over a decade later, we have another sad, transparent attempt to squeeze a little bit more profit out of a tired, tired franchise. And the movie also amounts to nothing. It's not about anything. This movie is bizarre and unsatisfying right down to the details. Like, they couldn't even be bothered to do any practical creature effects, for example. The pacing was consistently off. The makeup design for Grindelwald was laughable. And they shouldn't have cast Johnny Depp in the role at all. Colin Farrell did a great job, and they should have just had it be him. Newt himself was a non-character. He certainly wasn't a protagonist. He didn't grow or change at all during the course of the film. Arguably, nobody did. Kowalski comes closest, I guess, to having an arc, but he doesn't. He really doesn't. Goldstein is the most interesting character, but she doesn't have an arc either. She goes from being a disgraced cop to being vindicated in the end, I guess, but barely. Nobody learns anything about themselves or their place in the world in this movie. And there's no protagonist because there's no story. Seriously, what was the story? It's like there were two very different scripts, and for some reason they got mashed together instead of just picking one and developing it. And that's why I'm talking about this movie on this podcast, because you can tell where there was almost a story, and that story could have gone one of two ways. If we were really married to this idea of a film about Newt Scamander, it should have been an adventure movie. Scamander should have been on a quest to find the last whatever-the-fuck, and his journey should have led us through a series of beautiful set pieces. I could have been into that. And we could have had that backstory where he was spurned by What's-Her-Name, and his story could be about running from rejection, let's say. He's thrown himself into the work with animals because he's been frustrated in his efforts to connect with other humans. So it would be about that relationship between passion and inspiration and isolation. Or finding yourself when you're running from yourself. Something like that. Something along those lines. You need a relatable human story somewhere at the heart of the film if you're going to leave any kind of impression. So a competent Fantastic Beasts movie would have been this journey and adventures of a magical naturalist. There were disjointed and weird little attempts at something like that in the movie that we got, but no story or theme to tie all those random bits together. I'm talking about like the scenes with the big rhinoceros whale thing and the feathered serpent thing. Those scenes were supposed to be whimsical and wonderful or something, but without a story to give them context, they were just totally unsatisfying. In the movie as it is, the noirish cop drama aspects are much stronger. The plot with the new Salemers and Credence was genuinely compelling. It got really intriguingly dark. And the thing with Obscurials worked, or could have worked, perfectly well as a ham-fisted but still serviceable metaphor for any kind of repression. Homosexuality immediately comes to mind, but that's just me and my own experience talking. It's a universal sort of concept. And then around that theme of repression and suffering, we could have had this noir film set in 1920s New York, with Tina Goldstein as the protagonist. We could spend a lot more time just exploring that setting, what the magical world is like in that place and time. 
Tina could have had an arc where she starts out as a disgraced cop who wants to get back into her boss's good graces, and she follows what seems like a promising but relatively routine lead, but then she uncovers this whole plot with the Obscurus, and her agency has been infiltrated by Grindelwald's sympathizers, she has a showdown with Grindelwald himself, and in the end, even though she prevails, she's left totally disenchanted. Because, as it turns out, the ideology underpinning her very job and her purpose as a cop is very neatly compatible with the fascist ideology of these proto-Death Eaters. The story is about her encounter with suffering and her subsequent awakening into an awareness of what justice actually means and what she has to do to really fight for it. As it is, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is one of those bad movies that gets under your skin in a genuinely irritating way. It's not so bad it's good. It's not bad in such a way that it's merely forgettable. It had potential, and it so thoroughly and obviously squanders that potential that you want to shake the filmmakers and ask, what were they thinking? I don't mind the idea of returning to a long-established universe and picking out new stories to tell, but if you're not going to bother with the actual storytelling aspect of telling stories, then don't bother at all. Once again, this has been Almost Good. Thanks for listening.